Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code Radio RF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll free helpline at 1 Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. Hello, this is Sarah Tuberty, your host from Disarming Disability. Enjoy the following program on Public House Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Thompson. Today, I'm sitting down with Miss Wisconsin Earth 2020, Emma Loney, who I had not talked to prior to this episode, but now I am obsessed with her. She's the best thing that's ever happened to my life. So funny, so kind, so genuine, and I'm really excited for you all to listen to this episode. So before we dive in, I do just have to do a quick shout out to our sponsor, Bubbler. Bubbler is an antioxidant sparkling water that's infused with caffeine and no artificial sweeteners. It is all the good stuff and it doesn't make you feel bloated or over-caffeinated and jittery because it's got that green tea and it is life-changing. I used to be a huge soda drinker. Diet Coke was my vice, and I switched over to Bubbler a couple of years ago, and I've never looked back. I literally have not had soda since I started drinking Bubbler. I quit cold turkey, and that's because of Bubbler. It tastes really good. It gives me the caffeine I need and just makes me feel better about my, my life choices and makes my body feel good, too. So thanks, Bubbler, for sponsoring Food for Thought podcast, and now let's dive in with Emma Loney. Emma Loney here. She is the current Miss Wisconsin Earth 2020, and she is a body positive activist and a social media influencer who I am obsessed with. How are you, Emma? Girl, I'm obsessed with you. I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. Um, So we're doing this, just for my listeners to know, we're doing this over Skype, so if anything goes weird, we've been having technical difficulties, but that's how we do while getting through corona. So here we are. Um, okay, so Emma, we're going to try this for the second time. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? So I have been in pageantry for, oh gosh, like seven years now. I cannot believe it's been that long. So I started in high school and started competing. Um, and then I was lucky enough to be awarded uh, state titles over the year and compete at nationals, um, different national pageants and place at nationals. And um, I'm super excited. And I'll be, like you said before, Miss Wisconsin Earth USA 2020. And I'll be competing for Miss Earth USA this July, hoping that Ooh, that's coming up. Yeah, so hoping nothing's delayed because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see. Uh, and then I did have good news while we're all stuck inside. So I got admitted into law school. So I'll be starting that this fall. Um, and that is I, so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. It was, I had to take this past year off just because I decided I wanted to go to law school like so late. Um, it was like always a dream in like high school and stuff. And I was like, no, no, I won't. I, I don't think I can do it. And then my last semester of college, I was like, you know what? I can do it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you're like so, real life Elle Woods. It's fine. That's cool. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I I might have posted in a pink dress on Instagram saying um, maybe something about Elwoods and maybe that I was I going saw to that. Like, yeah, <laughs> that might have happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so outside of pageantry, I know that you're an eating disorder awareness advocate um, and you just post such good content about being yourself, loving yourself, loving your body in all stages. And I think that that's really awesome. So do you just want to talk a little bit about how you got into doing all of that? For sure. So I, growing up, was always, like, bigger than my friends. And, I mean, I was never, like, I never thought of myself as being, like, overweight. But then, I don't know, it was just, like, kind of that, like, mental, like, in the back of my head, like, okay, like, I felt like I looked fine, but then people are smaller than me. And, like, it just kind of, that was just my life. Um And I just have a really, like, outgoing personality. Like, I'm super, like, strong-willed and passionate about what I, like, say. So it wasn't really an issue until I got into pageantry. And when I started competing, um, that's when I was like, oh, like, am I not going to do well because I'm bigger than everyone else? And that was just kind of, like, a shock for me. Um, And... Along with that, growing up, which I didn't even realize was bad until I learned more about eating disorders, I would binge eat um, when I was younger. And um, that was just something like I just used as kind of coping and I didn't realize Mm -hmm. it was even anything that was bad. So then fast forward to my freshman year of college, um, my sister started losing weight very fast, um, like throughout the summer going into my freshman year of college. And we went on a trip to the Grand Canyon. And that's when we really saw like how severe everything was. So when we got back and basically the first couple weeks of college, um, my sister was admitted to an uh, eating disorder hospital um, in Wisconsin. And she was there for about three months. And so she was diagnosed with anorexia, uh, bulimia, bulimia, and um, she had like obsessive compulsive with working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then she was eventually released, but then she was readmitted because she just went back to kind of the same habits when she got home. And it was just like a really scary time because nobody in my family really understood anything. And we didn't see the symptoms soon enough because my sister had been overweight kind of like her whole childhood and when we like saw her starting to lose weight everybody was like really encouraging about it because that's kind of just what our culture does is they just encourage anyone that's overweight that's losing weight and they don't really care to know or hear about why Mm -hmm. um so she lost all this weight and everyone at school was complimenting her everybody in the family was complimenting her And it just, you know, spiraled out of control really quickly. Um, So that's when I started really, like, focusing all of my attention on, like, learning about it because I just didn't understand. I was just, like, in my mind, I just would be like, no, you just need to eat. And, like, Mm -hmm. obviously it's so much more than that. Um, So I started doing a lot of research. And one of the biggest things that kind of, like, hit me 
about the situation was that like if we would have known anybody would have been able to recognize like some symptoms and signs earlier on maybe it wouldn't have like escalated to what it did so I wanted to start sharing kind of like just information with people and like helping people understand what this was and that it's something that you can talk about and that it's something a lot of people suffer from um because of how our culture is it's just you're expected to be a certain size and if you're not you're completely like either in school bullied or Mm -hmm. um made to feel like you're not good enough because of what you look like um and that you have to change it um by like whatever means are necessary so Mm -hmm. i started speaking to schools and um started sharing on social media um to kind of make that impact that way and at the time I really didn't know that my social media would do as well as it did like I was really surprised um Mm -hmm. and it's just like now obviously it's really um cool that I get to work with different brands and what's especially cool with my social media is that I'm working with a lot of brands that are um body inclusive and um showing women like through their brand um that they can love and accept themselves so that's been really Mm -hmm. cool um I just I just think it's so important that we are sharing just how to be aware of the symptoms and um like resources for people that are through this so Mm -hmm. that's kind of you know quick a not so quick summary of how I got involved Oh my gosh, no, but everything you said was gold. And I think that it's really important to, you know, talk about and thank you for researching and realizing that this was something that you didn't quite understand, but you understood that you needed to be there for your sister. Like as someone Mm -hmm. that went through that and kind of my family, I shouldn't say shut me out, but they just didn't understand what I was going through. And so nobody talked about it. And it was like, my mom, I'll never forget. I was in high school. I was probably a freshman in high school and I have a sister that's 10 years younger than me. And so Mm -hmm. I was on my way to therapy with my Mm -hmm. mom because I didn't have my license yet. And my sister's like, why do we always take Kylie to the doctor once a week? And my mom said to her, she's like, because something's wrong with her head. And like, it was something that I know my mom didn't mean any harm by, but it was something that just like made me realize that nobody understood what was going on. Like, and for somebody, it was, it was so wild. And I remember that's actually what I talked about in therapy for like that hour. It was just like, is something so wrong with me that like, like nobody can understand this. Am I like going crazy? Am I losing my mind? And so I think for you as a family member to come out and, like research and show I'm sure that meant so much to your sister even if she's never said anything to you like I can only imagine that for you to come out and be an advocate and research and spread the way of spread awareness is so mm-hmm. important to her so that's just freaking awesome I love that um Aww, well that's so sweet thank you gosh anytime so I know that you work a lot with NIDA the National Eating Disorder Association um is that a resource that you found helpful when you were doing research? Yeah, so I was able to find, they have so many like helplines. And when I speak to Mm -hmm. schools, that's what I give them is there, they have a text line, they have a call line. You can literally just text someone um, that works there and they'll like walk you through stuff. And I think that's so cool because, you know, obviously so many people don't feel comfortable calling 
going. So if mm-hmm. you can, like, if you're suffering with something and you can just, like, send a text, I think that's, like, amazing. Um, I also, like, share, like, suicide helplines, too, because a lot of people going through them, like, including my sister, felt suicidal at times. Um, so those are also resources I share. But Nita, especially, they were able to provide me so many things and learn um at first like for myself to learn and then they have like amazing resources to bring and share with other people so like I would bring pamphlets and posters and um my sorority in college I ended up bringing a bunch of um cards that they sent me and we were able to fill those cards out and they were sent to hospitals and distributed to people like that were in um the units, um, they're just like positive messages, but need is great because they just, you can go yourself and learn mm-hmm. and then they can help you teach other people. Yeah. Which is really awesome. I, I love them a lot too. They're a resource that I used a lot when I was going through recovery, but then, I mean, similar to you, I still go to their website, print out all this stuff and spread the word that yeah. way through them too. And I know for me, like, it's an organization that changed my life. So I like to, you know, share their information and give back to them. Cause I know nonprofits, I mean, they don't get a lot of word out there if other people don't do it through word of mouth. So that's really cool that you do right. that too. Um, and going back you to, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to your sister and, and, you know, your family dynamic when she was going through this. And I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, is she still, inactive recovery is she doing better she's doing a lot better so she's in her sophomore year of college now and um she like she still you know struggles at times and like has Mm -hmm. now it's kind of more just like emotions and stuff but she's not like we don't feel that she's been like at risk of like having to be re-hospitalized or anything like that for a while good so it's, I mean, it's the, that's the thing with eating disorders too, is that people don't realize that, I mean, of course you probably know all about just that, like, it's an ongoing thing when you're mm-hmm. like in recovery, it's always going to be like a battle yeah. and you always are like, it's always going to be there. It's not like, uh, like a physical illness where like you can get better and it's fine. Like it's still like going to persist or if you get really stressed out mm-hmm. or some like a big life event happens like it could trigger it all over again mm-hmm. and while your sister was you know being being an inpatient treatment and even I mean even now do you think that your family has a little bit more of an understanding mindset are they are you guys working on like being more supportive towards her that kind of stuff too yeah for sure so I mean at first, of course, like it was hard for my family because, like I said, they just didn't know. But everyone's like really taking their time to understand. And um, it can be frustrating for, you know, like my immediate family sometimes because like my sister can get very um, upset and stuff. And sometimes nothing that anybody says can do anything and make anything mm-hmm. better. Um but I think that everyone's, you know, everyone supports learning about it and um, supports her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really awesome that it's like a whole family effort. And because I know that that doesn't happen for so many people worldwide right. that go through that. So that's I commend your family 
as a whole for doing such a good job with that. So that's really awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, going back to you. Um, so I know that obviously like you, you didn't go through this in the same way that your sister did, but like how, Mm -hmm. I mean, you touched a little bit on having like a binge eating disorder and stuff like that. Like what, like what have you gone through that makes you continue to advocate? And I mean, you're a social media influencer. I'm sure that you get messages and comments all the time about how you look and stuff like that. So how, how do you combat that kind of stuff? So what was kind of like really hard for me growing up was I had a family member um, that would always comment on what I looked like and say that like I wasn't good enough because of my size that I needed to do all these things. Um, And that was something that like really because like I just was always hearing it from them. I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, I don't know why, but like mentally I was just like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to like let what you say like affect me. I mean, obviously it affected me like emotionally, but I didn't like let it, you know, like consume me and like make me obsessed with like what I looked like I was just like wanting to show that and prove them wrong I guess um, yeah so I did that and um <laughs> now I guess I don't get that many negative messages like I have gotten probably like in my entire like time on social media I have probably gotten like three mean comments on my photos. Okay. Well, that's really which, good then that people are supporting you and you know the badass stuff that you're doing. So that's good. But like it, it's interesting though because that's like not what I would expect because yeah. of how social media is. So mm-hmm. I mean obviously like when you get a message or like a comment that's mean, you're like, "Oh, that really sucks but like that person's behind a screen mm-hmm. and you're you just can't let it like consume your life because I know like personally if I get upset about something like I'll perseverate about it and let it kind of like take over my entire day um mm-hmm. so just you know not doing that um but there's definitely been times that like I feel like oh I need to change myself because like, I don't look how I'm supposed to look. Um, but then there's, you know, like a stronger voice, I guess, in my head that says, like, no. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that the way that you talk to yourself and, like, work through those kinds of things, that can really make or break. Or, like you said, it can ruin an entire day or a week or make you want to change yourself. So I think having those, those like, positive voices in your head be louder is really good, too. Right. And I and think I people know. have, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, finish your thought. I just think it, what's so interesting is people, when I've looked at other people's, like, social media, because I follow, like, other, like, curvy influencers mm-hmm. and, like, plus-size models, like, they'll I'll sometimes see comments on their things like, oh, you're, like, so unhealthy. Like, why are you promoting, like, being overweight and, mm-hmm. like, you need to exercise? And it's, like, people just have such a misconstrued idea of, like, what being healthy is and 
just because someone looks a certain way doesn't mean that they don't exercise that they don't eat well mm-hmm. and, like, obviously, and there's obviously like extremes of like both like body types mm-hmm. and like but people just they see somebody that isn't you know like a stereotypical size and they just assume that they must be so unhealthy and they must be just like mm-hmm. not moving at all and like it's just like it's sad that that's what like this is like our entire society just assumes about people they don't consider anything yeah. else yeah people just assume that I mean it's really it's fat phobia and it's assuming that if someone is thin that they're healthy when like like you said your sister was you know, a curvier girl. And as she was losing weight, she was being rewarded for that. And so you're feeding those voices in your head telling you, you know, don't eat, make sure you go to the gym, all these things. And then you're not being healthy when everyone assumes that you are like, exactly. it just, it's just ridiculous to me. It drives me insane. Um, and I know we talked about this a little bit before I started recording, but you, uh, compete in pageants obviously and Mm -hmm. I just want you to touch a little bit on your experience in different organizations and being plus size because I know I've I mean I consider myself plus size and I when I started competing I was at my heaviest weight and Mm -hmm. so like specifically swimsuit I was like well there's no way I'm going to win because I'm not like thin so I mean obviously you dominate the pageant world and you're a curvy girl. So I just touch on that and touch on your pageant experience while being curvy and rocking it. Well, I just like, I have struggled a lot because you go into a pageant and you think you're at an immediate disadvantage because you're bigger than other people, which Mm -hmm. is so hard. Like, even though you might've prepared equally as hard or harder your wardrobe might be great your hair your makeup whatever like all the factors might be great and then just knowing that like oh but I might not even have a chance because I look like this mm-hmm. um and then of course so many people will say oh then why don't you just you know lose weight and <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah um but I think that's like something that people don't really think about like that you can be an amazing competitor and that you know, like, you're always worried that, like, it might not matter. So Mm -hmm. in pageantry, I've had definitely good experiences and bad experiences. Um, I've been able to place at nationals, and I've also not placed. And when I get my scorecards back in organizations that have allowed me to, you know, see my scores, I'm placing, like, second, third, fourth in interview, And then scoring badly in swimsuit. And, you know, when I do place, it's because I just had interviewed very well or whatever. And Mm -hmm. they're still even in organizations that say, like, they are inclusive. Like, I'm still not being scored well. And there's, you know, no other reason. Mm -hmm. And so now when I compete, like, I know I used to, like, when I first started competing, like, not acknowledge that fact. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot, like, easier to compete now, like, knowing that, like, there's a high likelihood that I'm going to, you know, be discriminated against or whatever for my size. And, like, that's just – if there's only two options for me to either – 
you know, like accept that and just, you know, do my best the way I can or to change myself. And I prefer to do the not changing myself option. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's a little bit of pageant tea. Like I've, I mean, I used to compete in swimsuit too. When organizations and like no shade at anyone in particular, I think any pageant that does swimsuit kind of does this. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's health and wellness. We want to make sure that you're confident and healthy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then like, like you said, you get a scorecard back and you're a healthy individual. You eat right, you exercise Mm-hmm. And you don't score well in swimsuit. And I think that that's just a load of bull. Like, you're obviously either picking judges that don't know what they're looking for and they think that they're going to pick the thinnest one to win or whatever. Like, right. it's it's just some sort of, there's just a disconnect between well, that, the judges and the organization. Same, right. It's that same, like, societal, like, expectation that, like, what you look like perfect like perfectly mirrors like your level of healthiness mm-hmm. and like and when you look at like what judges are looking for in swimsuit there's a list of things and one of them says like fitness but like there's there's like modeling technique there's um confidence there's stage presence and it's like you cannot tell me that you thought all of those things were bad mm-hmm like they're judging usually on one thing. And right. so I just, it's, yeah, it's totally, it's definitely frustrating. And, you know, when Miss America took away swimsuit, I was excited for the organization, but then I also was like, why don't they just change how they're judging swimsuit? Because mm-hmm. I think that would be way more impactful. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, too, because I know when I started competing in Miss America, I was, like I said, I was at my heaviest weight, um, and I was really, really young. I started competing at 17 as soon as I could, and, like, Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking there are other ways to showcase that I'm healthy, because at that point in my life, I was my heaviest weight, but I was also recovering from an eating disorder, so, like, you, you obviously gain weight when you're eating more, like, it's just logic what happens right yeah it's just how that works and so it was just really frustrating for me to try to convey to a panel of six judges that I never met before like I am I assure you at the healthiest I've ever been but you're gonna judge how I look in my swimsuit regardless of what I say in this interview what I what I showcase to you so um exactly I I totally feel for you and even still now like I my body has fluctuated a lot. My weight has fluctuated a lot in the five years I've been competing. And mm-hmm. up until they got rid of swimsuit, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Just my mindset towards it was always that. I was like, you, uh, I can stand here in this 10-minute interview and tell you all these things that I do. But when I walk out there in my swimsuit, you might just throw all that out the window and think I'm not a healthy individual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's the, it's the, I feel like I'm at immediate disadvantage because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that same, like, people don't understand, like, how hard that is. Like, mm-hmm. knowing how you are and what you do to prepare and knowing that you're taking care of yourself and that, like, mm-hmm. it could be completely disregarded because you don't look the same. Right. And I I also think, too, like, towards the end of me competing in swimsuit, like, before Miss America 2.0 happened, like, I feel like I was becoming, you know, I was falling back into old habits because I thought 
that I was immediately disadvantaged because I'd look around, even when I would make it to the state stage, I would look around at these other women and I was one of the only ones that were considered plus size. There was like three of us one year and I was like, thank the Lord, like finally this is what I needed. (laughs) But like other years I would look around and be like, oh my God, like they're going to just look right past me. Like there's all these girls that I'm standing because we used to do swimsuit, like four or five girls would stand on the stage at one time. And I was like, really? Come on. You're going to just sit there and compare me to (laughs) like, oh, and I remember one year they put me right behind someone that ended up winning a swimsuit preliminary award and I just remember she's like five nine like has a six pack I was like well they're clearly gonna score her higher than me like, yeah. <laughs> like what, what right. am I supposed to do up here um right and it's like you could walk better you could have more confidence like it totally doesn't matter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're gonna see her abs and be like bing like that's that's right. it um there's nothing I mean shoot as much as I work out I feel like I'll never have a six pack and I would love to and like there's nothing wrong with that body type I just think in the pageant world that like those girls have so much more of an advantage and might not even realize it right Mm -hmm. exactly Um, would you ever consider competing in Miss America 2.0 I'm saying that because like I really want you to (laughs) and um you might Mm -hmm. there is (laughs) Mm-hmm. actually like for sure like yeah I- yes <laughs> yes I've been waiting because I was I mean I was Instagram stalking you social media stalking you and I was like has she ever competed in Miss America never oh my- was- please come over was- come to us I was so scared to um for why because, like, to me, it was always, like, okay, that's the end goal. And then, like, I don't know, like, everything changed. And I was, like, okay, maybe, like, I just kept, like, kind of putting it off. And then, like, I had opportunities with other organizations. And um, so, I mean, it's definitely, like, something I will do at some point. Good, but, good. That makes me really happy because I know – a lot of women that have competed in other pageant circuits or have maybe never competed at all. Once swimsuit was thrown out the window with Miss America, they started flocking. And so I was wondering if that was something that was maybe deterring you from competing or like just, I'm cause I know you've competed in swimsuit before, so I didn't know mm-hmm. what your reasoning was, but I'm very happy to hear that you'll be joining us. Hopefully I <laughs> can't wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> Yay! Um, I just, Madison, I guess, 20, like, 2021. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Writing yeah, that down. I, live. <laughs> uh, I guess it's just like for me, like going from like, you know, like competing like at a national level and then like competing at a local level, mm-hmm. like it freaks me out because like, I mean, like everybody, it's like, well, what if I don't do well? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I can just tell by, I mean, for the listeners, this is like the first time that we've talked like face to face or screen to screen, whatever, like since, yes. I mean, I've been following you for years, I feel like, um, right. and just like your charisma and everything, I just feel like you are what 
I mean, any organization, but especially Miss America, is looking for. You're real, you're honest, you stick to who you are despite anything that you're going through, and you have causes that you're really passionate about. So I, I mean, I'll stop trying to sell you on it, but I hope I see, <laughs> I hope I see you competing on a Miss America stage. So I, but like, that's that. really good to hear because like, I mean, it's, it's just like, was trying to make kind of the decision myself. And it's just like, you don't really know what it's like until you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you're in the organization, obviously right now, like specifically, you know, the one I would be competing in. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely reassuring to hear. Yeah. We would welcome you with open arms. <laughs> Yay. But this but, might be the most like pageanty podcast I've produced yet. And I'm like here for it. I never get to talk about this kind of stuff. So I'm right. Um, right. But to get back on track, like, in regards to competing in swimsuit or being on social media and just like if you have a day that you're not feeling confident or like not like you might just be struggling a little bit more how do you hype yourself up how do you get back to being positive towards yourself and so I think this is like an issue that so many people like assume that like people that are you know, really body positive, never like feel bad about themselves. And that's just not true. Like there's days that I wake up and I'm like, Oh God. Mm-hmm. Oh no. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, I think that's just like, you know, part of being human. Um, but like days like that, like I'll just, like, I won't, there's some days that I try to like force it. And like, I try to put on like an outfit that I think is really cute. And like, mm-hmm. I just like, won't feel good about myself. So I just, I'll just put something else on that I feel comfortable in and Mm -hmm. like realize that like, you know, not every day needs to be like amazing. Like you can't feel amazing every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess just like making sure like I mentally like don't push myself because when I do like, you know, just like results and feeling worse, like trying to like, oh, I felt, like, amazing about myself yesterday. I thought I looked so good. I was, like, taking all these pictures. It was a great day. And then, like, the next day, you're like, oh, my God, I feel awful. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, not, not trying to, like, you know, like, push what, like, the feelings you're having the previous day, like, not, you know, putting so much pressure on myself, I guess. Yeah, like, sure. understanding that, like, it's okay you know, like Tony Lovato says in their song, it's okay yes. to be okay. Yes. We love Tony um, Lovato at Food for Thought. We love her. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. And that's, like, you know, something that, like, no matter, like, what size, like, you just, like, have to, like, be easy on yourself. Like, you can't expect yourself to always, like, meet your own expectations and, like, there's not always going to be like a perfect day. Like there will be days that you'll struggle more and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so I've actually, I got through all my questions pretty quick with you cause you're fun to talk to and I'm having a blast over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you have any, like we, I mean, I call it food for thought. Do you have any food for thought for our listeners just to like leave them on a positive note or anything you want people to know about you or anything. Yeah. I would just say like anybody that feels like they are inhibited by what they look like to just really like take time to reflect and understand that that's 
not a factor in pursuing your dreams. Like you can do whatever you put your mind to and other people's opinions of what you are, what you look like that they don't have control over your future. Like you have control over that and to not Mm -hmm. let somebody's negative opinion or negative words or negative emotions you might feel about, you know, what you look like or what you've done in the past or anything like that. Like you have the power to change like your future and do what you want and that's kind of, you know, like how I was able to push through like my life. Like I had a ton of negativity when I was younger um, and just kind of deciding like that's not going to determine how I live my life. Yes. Yes. Preach it. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, OK, I'm just saying this to you. I'm about to stop recording, but I'm not going to hang up on you yet. Because we got a lot to talk about. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good talking to you. Like, I am so excited to come watch you at Miss Wisconsin because I will be there. Ah! Say hi. I can't wait. All right, everyone, that was episode number three of the Food for Thought podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I loved this one. I loved recording it. I love Emma. I love everything she stands for and everything that we talked about. I know it was a little pageant heavy, but I hope whether you participate in any pageant or not, that you got something from it and that you understand a little bit more why we choose to compete and promote organizations such as the National Eating Disorder Association and just choose to succeed within the pageant world in that way. So thanks again for tuning in and I will see you next Monday. Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now is the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook.